0: People always get confused with this, but you can... It's actually quite easy if you look at it on the map. So you take the boat, or you can t- take the train under the water, to France. So from France, you go to Turkey. Drive all through Europe into Turkey. Turkey, you go through Iran. Then we we went through Iran, then we went through Pakistan, through India, up into Nepal, up to Himalayas mountains, and then we came down and through Southeast Asia to... Malaysia is where we crossed. And we then island hopped across um, s- s- Indonesia. So we went from Malaysia to Sumatra, to Java, to Bali. And from Bali, we went Bali to Dar- Darwin, in the north of Australia. And then we went down the center of Australia, past Uluru, Ayers Rock, to-, to Adelaide, then Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney. Um, and I was there just before Christmas. And this is the thing that people have to get for why I'm in Stockholm.
1: Hey, my name is Innocent Maginga and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. For individuals seeking growth, we've created this open-ended exploration into our ability and desire to learn. I guess you could call it a combination of what we know and how we learn. So, in conversation with individuals either speaking from experience, belief, or science, we seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. In today's episode, we're talking to Patrick Hamilton Walsh. He's an Irish native currently working as head of Nordic at a prop tech company. He's literally traveled the world and written a book about it. Here's a podcast version of the book.
0: So my, my story that led me to Stockholm it actually began when I was 16 years old. Um, to give you a bit of background into who I am and where I've come from, I will start in my hometown. So my hometown is called Straban, and it's in Northern Ireland. And my hometown is the unemployment black spot of Europe. It's a predominantly Catholic town in a country which has been long-term controlled by Protestants. Um, the result of that is that there's a lot of you know, uh, dereliction and dilapidation over the years. But we had loads of bombings, loads of shootings. Um,
1: During what uh, time period is this?
0: Um, so f- for all of my childhood, up until the peace process, um, we-, we constantly had um, what was called the troubles from the IRA and the INLA and a lot of these other organisations who were fighting against the British. And because my town is on the border with the republic of ireland i'm from the uk part of ireland there was always um attacks on these these police stations and these british army camps with bombs and with with bullets and all sorts of things as well as you know gun battles
1: i'm obviously younger than you and didn't live through this period we get in image of uh, our times now being very dangerous and a lot of bombings but apparently that time was worse in Europe. Uh,
0: absolutely, absolutely this is actually the, the safest time to be in Europe yeah. statistically um, so so that's where, that's the background of the town mm-hmm. so there was actually one Friday night when I was in my town and they had this we had this event called the, Stra- the Flower of Sweet Straban which is a, a, a beauty pageant you could almost say um, where all the town goes, they dress up well and everyone does their best to, to come out and support the, the local girls in this pageant. I was at this pageant one Friday night and in the, in the days leading up to it, I had come to this realisation that the biggest problem in our society wasn't the bombings and the shootings no. and the troubles, as it was called, but this victim mentality which everyone had. And what I mean by that is where, where I was from particularly, people blamed the British They blamed the Protestants, they blamed the rain, they blamed the dog. They would blame anything, but it was never their fault that their life wasn't up to the standard that they had expected from themselves. So around that time, I decided that I would never be a victim of anything. I says, everything that goes wrong in my life or happens to me, I'm taking all the blame. It's on me. And I says, everything that goes right in my life, I'm going to take all the credit.
1: How old were you when you came to this
0: river? 16 16 years years old, old, yeah. Um, when you're 16 years old in that type of environment, yeah. you're confronted with a lot of things a lot earlier, because there's a lot of real life blood running on the streets. Oh yeah,
1: so it's more on stake.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's where I was. So this Friday night in this pageant in my hometown, I was sitting there and I realised that this is as good as it gets for us. Yeah. This one night a year in this little town hall, looking at this these girls going up and saying their thing. And I realized there and then I wanted more. I want more. This is not enough for me. Um, and I'm willing to do what I have to do to get more. So I asked myself the question, what is more? Everyone wants more, but what, like you need to define things. You need to say what you want. So cut a long story short, I ended up asking myself two questions, you know, I tossed and turned all night. And then on Saturday I asked myself two questions and the two questions simply were this. If I could have or do any three things in the world, what would they be? Um, and the second question was, how am I going to do it? So the first, the answer to the first question was was quite easy for me. I was sixteen years old. Yeah. The most important thing I wanted in the world was to have season tickets at Old Trafford, watching Manchester <laughs> United. <laughs> that was the dream. Oh, Manchester United! Yeah, high yeah. five. <laughs> <laughs> that was the big thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds stupid now, but that was oh un- not so unattainable. Like. The second thing was to have a Porsche before I was 30. And the third thing was to travel all the world. Now, I told people this, and they thought I was absolutely nuts. Because I had literally never seen a Porsche in my life. I knew there was Porsches from watching Top Gear and newspapers and things. That's where I'd seen them. But I had never seen any of my streets. Where I lived, I had seen more car bombs than I had seen sports cars. Um, And cars were on fire and things. They They weren't Porsches. And then to travel the world, people thought I was nuts. Like, who do you think you are?
1: I can imagine most people haven't left
0: this town. Not at all. Yeah. You know, not at all. And no intention to either. Um, so that was that was me. I wanted season tickets. on the Porsche. I wanted to travel the world. Now, I had a big problem. I'm 16 years old. I'm not good at anything. That's your it's, second question. How? How? Um, the things you wanted to be good at in my town, which were valued, where you wanted to be good at fighting yeah. and you wanted to be good at football. And I wasn't even the best at either of those in my village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in trouble. <laughs> so I had to look and I had to analyze and go, what am, what am I even okay at then? You know, what what's valuable that I can almost do enough? And when I looked at it, mathematics in school was never really a problem for me. I mean, I didn't love doing it or anything, but it was... It was something that when it came to it, I could I could almost work it out. Yeah. You know, I could get there without too much hassle.
1: So maybe if you applied yourself to it.
0: Exactly, absolutely. So I thought, if I apply myself to this, where could that lead me to? And I thought the best that I can do with maths is become an accountant. I didn't know any different. I thought accountants deal with money and numbers. I'll, maybe I could become that. So what I did is I set myself three steps. I, I always keep things to, to three. And, and f- from that time, three goals. I don't spread myself too thin and want a million things. And three steps, so the three steps were come top of the class in school by the time I turned 18. So I had two years to, to mix things up. Then become the first person from my area, particularly around my age, to go to university. No one had ever even thought about going to university. And then the third thing was to go on to Dublin and become a chartered accountant. So, what I did is I slowly moved from the back of the class yeah. up towards the front of the class. You know, keep, you know sort of the, so the guys at the back wouldn't see me becoming the stew bag.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like one step per week or something.
0: And I started like, listening to the teacher as well, and I started engaging. And when you engage people, they start to give you more attention and explain things to you a bit more as opposed to the guy sitting at the back of the class. So I did that, and I, I actually ended up coming top of the class. And more than that, I ended up winning awards for myself and the school throughout the UK. What that lesson gave me on the first step of the ladder was things are never as far away as they may appear when you start out. You know, you can achieve things a lot easier just by putting in a bit of disciplined effort. And it doesn't have to be life-changing. It can just be changing your trajectory slightly by listening in in class or making the most of your hours when you're there. Coming top of the class led me to go to university. So I went on to do uh, two degrees, one in accounting and one in business studies. And I ended up coming second in the year overall, which I always, I never win. I always become first loser, which is second. But I think just by being second, you're moving forward. By being in the game, you move forward. You might not get the gold medal at the end, but silver takes you a long way. And, and that did take me to Dublin, and I ended up becoming a chartered accountant. So, so if we skip forward, I was 16 when I set these goals. Let's go forward to when I'm 26. I, As I says, I have graduated from university. I have I've now qualified as a chartered accountant in Dublin, which was so unattainable for me at the time. How was your family's reaction? I mean, not just the family, but the entire community. Ireland's a community-based, you know, people. So like you would have like aunts, uncles, neighbours, everyone's going, How's it going? How's the exams? People would be lighting candles for me over at the over at the church, hoping I did well. And so when I qualified it was a big deal for my community. You know, it was a certain amount of pride. But when you're in it, you're you're in the eye of the storm. You don't realise how important it is to the people your mother meets at the shop, and you know the the woman who used to serve you food at school, and all these things, because they want to see one person getting up and getting out.
1: And you become the kind of topic. Of yeah, the time.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I qualified as an accountant. I and mean, when I was twenty six, I I changed the job from working in Grant Thornton to move into Presswaterhouse Coopers, and and there I was I started out to become a tax lawyer. I wanted to qualify in that as well. But I also wanted to do the qualified financial advisor exams. So it was two sets of professions I wanted to do. And I had a goal of traveling the world and having Porsches before I was 30. I didn't want to set off backpacking when I was like 36 or something. I wanted to go late 20s. So I was 26 and I thought if I, if I send in all these applications at the same time, I can study some of the courses during the week, some at the weekends. So I really put on a shift. Um, and I went for it. But at the same time, because I had now qualified as a chartered accountant, I had went from a really low salary to a professional salary. So I used to take the bus on a Friday night when I had no classes, go to the airport, fly to Manchester where I had two season tickets, mm-hmm. um, and I would go over, have a laugh for the weekend, and go out on the town, have a sort of let my hair down a bit more after the, the sort of really intense couple of years before to become an accountant. Um, when I was twenty-seven. I used to drive my Porsche to the airport on a Friday night. So
1: you got the Porsche. Yeah, I got, got the Porsche. Oh yeah. well, damn, that puts a lot of um, pressure on me. I'm yeah. 27. And
0: <laughs> no, and it doesn't because everybody's path is different. Yes. You know, every you can't compare your page two to my page 30. That's cool. When it comes to you know, you're ahead of me in other ways. You're you're on page 30 in some ways. and I'm on page two.
1: And uh, I think I'll always want a Volvo.
0: Yeah, Volvo's <laughs> a cool thing. Man. Um, when I was 28 in May 2007. Um I had the season tickets, I had the Porsche yeah. and I sold everything I had because I'd just qualified as a tax lawyer, qualified financial advisor, I'd done all those exams, I really put in a big shift to get them done. And what I did then is uh end of May two thousand and seven, quit my job, sold the Porsche, sold everything and went backpacking. Um I'd set the dream. The only thing I say to people when I meet them and why I, why I wrote my books is everything seems so far away whenever you write the goal but when you start working towards it you'd be surprised at how quick you can pick up that speed and make it come quite close, quite quickly and the other thing to you is then is having, having the um, taking the chance mm. to buy a Porsche honestly, mm. my mother didn't. she was freaked out that I was going to buy a Porsche because she thought everyone would think I was a drug dealer <laughs> <laughs> she says you can't buy, it. buy <laughs> you know? to worry about yeah and I mean so then there's a lot of those seeds that are planted which stops even though people could afford to buy a Porsche or could afford to buy whatever the Volvo is or whatever their goal is they actually stop short and go I could but I, if I do that people will look at me differently
1: the social mirror absolutely <laughs> that's really and, dangerous and,
0: and, and that's and that's the thing the people plant so you don't reject your own ideas but other people plant the seeds in your. they don't say you don't do it but they plant seeds which makes you reject it, it yourself um, and that's a big thing. So when I when I set goals, I follow through, yeah. because I know people will not want me to take that next step up, which will make me different from them. But again, I planned that this was the reason why I was in, in studying on a Saturday, and the reason why I would go home, you know, during my, my later years after graduating and things, was because I had my eye on the prize, and the prize was season tickets. I said, I won't, I might not be able to watch Manchester United today on Sky TV. But I'll be there in three years. I'll, I'll be at the game. And that drove me on to sort of miss games whenever I've, all my friends were going to the pub to watch them. It drove me on whenever people were going to clubbing on a Saturday and I knew I had a test on Monday. I says I'll have a Porsche soon. I'll go for it. Um, and, and it sounds unrealistic to a lot of people, but if you're listening to this in Stockholm, if you look where I grew up in Northern Ireland and see where I come from, if I can get there just by putting in this shift over those... Ten to twelve years. I'm telling you, you've already got a better starting ground than I do. People don't realize that. Absolutely. And um, so, at 28 years old, that's what it is. I quit my job and PricewaterhouseCoopers Coopers, and I went backpacking. I sold everything in my wa- all stuff out of my wardrobe, give it away. I, I condensed my life into one backpack, um, and I went off.
1: What was trap.
0: your first? Uh, first stop, New York. New York? New York, New York City. And it wasn't, I never had a real drive to go to America. But n- weirdly enough, Nokia was the big phone at the day. And Nokia was launching this new N95 and it had a five megapixel camera in it. And, and those days, like a phone, like your, my, actual, my actual camera had a two megapixel camera. <laughs> <laughs> so Nokia was launching a phone which had connectivity and a five megapixel camera and all these things. And it wasn't available in the UK and Ireland yet, but you could get it in Finland, and, and it was available in the Fifth Avenue store in New York. So I thought I have to start my trip somewhere. So let's fly to New York. Yeah. Start the trip by the Nokia, and uh, and and start traveling the world with this. So at the same time, Facebook just came out. So what I did is I set up a group called Nothing But a Nokia. I was travel. I was the f- I was pre Instagram. I was yeah. the first guy to travel the world with a mobile phone.
1: First post uh, photos. Travel influencer.
0: Absolutely. I was the guy, man. Um, and I ended up being sponsored by Nokia and by Microsoft later because they were like, this is the guy who's got the professional background, he's got the, the, the backpacker lifestyle, he's in all these glamorous locations, he's meeting all these cool people. So I set up a group called Nothing But A Nokia on Facebook, yeah. and then we have an Instagram and Twitter and all those now as well. But it just exploded. And it, I've still got like 15,000 followers a day on there. And there's still all these Nokia fans around the world who post photos using their you know the different brands and things that they have. And um, so, I've always been at the forefront of digital as a hobby, um, and that's uh, ultimately that setting up that group is what brought me to Sweden. But I won't skip, I won't skip ahead. I'll okay. take you on a, ti- a linear time. So nothing but a Nokia Nban hashtag Nban is what it is. Nban. Nban. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out! Shout out to the Nban family. <laughs> So at the moment, um, I, 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 my, my goal was to drive from coast to coast on every landmass. So I started off in New York, and I drove via Texas down the south and up into LA. So that's, that's one landmass, from one ocean to another, yeah. always. Then I did Mexico and all that, and then I flew to Lima and Rio. So it took me from the Pacific across to Rio. So I did from uh, Peru to Brazil. So that's another landmass. And then I heard there was a few guys who were leaving from London, like at the start of September, and they were going to drive to Sydney, in London, you know, in Australia, from London to Sydney. And I thought, I'm up for that. So I scooted back from Rio de Janeiro, flew into London, joined these group of people who was taking this like old crappy bus, and... Um, and made my way across. So we, we, we took the bus, we took... People always get confused with this, but you can... It's actually quite easy if you look at it on the map. So you take the boat, or you can t- take the train under the water to France. So from France, you go to Turkey. Drive all through Europe into Turkey. Turkey, you go through Iran. Then we, we went through Iran, then we went through Pakistan, through India, up into Nepal, up the Himalayas mountains, and then we came down through Southeast Asia to Malaysia is where we crossed, and we then island hopped across Indonesia. So we went from Malaysia to Sumatra, to Java, to Bali. And from Bali, we went Bali to Darwin, in the north of Australia. And then we went down the centre of Australia, past Uluru, Ayers Rock, to to Adelaide, then Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney. Um, And I was there just before Christmas. And this is the thing that people have to get for why I'm in Stockholm two days later I'm just coming through all these countries where you can't even have a beer like mm-hmm. Iran and Pakistan all these nice places and uh, so we arrive in Australia it's like we're back you know we're back in the west you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's pubs and clubs and all this I was, a, I was 28 years old or 29 years old and um, so I go into this backpackers bar and it's happy hour until 7 mm-hmm. so I wanted to get some cheap beers yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> backpacker. <laughs> yeah, backpack. so I was like I oh, see these two blonde girls behind the bar or around the other side of the bar so I go over and get me two cheap beers and I walk around and start, hey, what's up? And, and one of those girls was from Vesteros. And, and it turned out to be the woman of my dreams. And uh, so we ended up getting married eventually. So that was my girl. So that's, that brings, she ended up giving me the connection to Sweden and to Stockholm. She was just backpacking with her friends, yeah. So she flew there, obviously, like normal people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Not the long, how long time did that journey take, oh, that by the way? four like, months. Four months?
0: Yeah. So just travelling each day, getting up and going through, and just, just having fun every day with beautiful people. Like, Iran is such a great country. Like, beautiful, beautiful country. Um, Pakistan as well, India, North India. Like, yeah. these places are just fantastic, and the people are so warm and so welcoming. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't believe how nice the people are there. The thing is, if you consider... The analogy that I use is when I drive from London to Sydney, I can't see the road. I can only see the next 100, 200, 300 metres ahead of me. But I have to trust that the road will unfold and eventually I will get to the other side of the world. And that's what it was like to go from a boy, a 16-year-old boy in an unemployment black spot of Europe to becoming an accountant to, be- to getting even a degree yeah. don't forget that was a big deal for me that was massive mm-hmm. that was the, probably my biggest honor to date still because it was such an unattainable thing for me to get and then become an accountant wow and then a tax law like wow but when you get the first one the other ones sort of seem come easier even though they're bigger but the first hurdle is always the hardest one to overcome um, so getting that degree was a big deal for me and I've graduated seven times since so seven, I've got seven qualifications now to fall back on. Um, but the funny thing is, what I use now is I, I will always have those qualifications there, innocent. But it's my, it's the rounding that I got from from everything else, which which allowed me to become the man that I am today. I write about this in my book. I say our education system in today's world, it's more like a training. Will help you to get a job. But the actual word education comes from a Latin word, educat, which means to flower, to open the mind. So my seven years of traveling, where I went to more than 130 countries all around the world on every continent, meeting people like you in Rwanda, meeting people in Zimbabwe, meeting people in Canada, meeting people in Sweden. That was my true education, that opened my mind, it flowered my mind, and it helped me to grow as a person. So the education that I did during those early years, I I recommend people to go do that as well because it gives you a solid foundation and it gives you a confidence in yourself. And when you walk into a building and you have a piece of paper that backs you up, it doesn't really mean nothing you know, in the bigger scheme of things, but it gives you that thing to get you in the door. But once you get in the door, you still have to to step up. Yes. And and that's where my proper education came from, and that was me traveling the world. So when I meet you, I'm comfortable. I know, well, that probably been to your hometown. Where are you from? And then the conversation starts. Um, And and, and that's how I, I always treat each individual that I meet as a human being in their own right. I think that's been part of my success yes. is the fact that I've been to most people's countries, or, or at least maybe even their hometown.
1: I see how you really yeah. value and utilize the perspective you've got, uh, together with the um, mm. literature you've read, yeah. of, and, and combine that to yeah. to get a proper full education.
0: Yeah, absolutely, in life, basically, absolutely, and 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 as you say, it it all comes down to. All education is self-education. It's it, it. No one can make you sit down and study for that thing, whatever you're trying to get. No one can can enhance your knowledge or insights on a topic if you're not interested in doing it yourself. I, I was actually, I was, I was in KTO, yeah. um about four or five months ago and I was talking to one of the professors there and he says that they have recently done a, a, a survey on how much the university contributes to the education of students in KTH. And do you know what he said? Less than 1%. He says our job now is not to teach students, it's to provide guidance so they don't go too far off whenever they're doing their own research and yeah. self-education. There was a time when I was at school, even ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, and long before that, where teachers would say, "This is what you read," and come back and recurgitate it. But now, in a world of information, yeah. at, at, literally in your in your pocket on your smartphone, people are constantly bringing in information in relation to whatever the subject matter they're interested in, and that's what takes them down the road that they go on path, uh, the the path that they take in life. Sorry. Um, and whenever you can get such a distinguished professor and Katie Ho being so open and honest, and we contribute less than one percent to the overall education of students in today's world, then you're like, wow, self education is vital. And where you put your attention and where and where it goes on a moment to moment basis is where you will end up.
1: This is amazing to hear that they've done this survey and that they're open with that because this is something that has worried me a lot. I hope it's like this in a lot of or all universities, but I've been thinking about the schools before that. I go out and lecture and talk about self-education in schools around here in Stockholm. And if we can apply that thinking, that we need to have the teachers need to be more of just mentors, just to guide you. And if we're to teach something, teach uh, memorization or space repetition and and. These useful uh, life
0: hacks Absolutely. or learning hacks uh, instead. Absolutely. And also, if you consider that Google is the number one search engine in the world, but the number two search engine in the world is YouTube. So people go there to search for how to do this. And, um, and, and I have to say, I've, I even do that with, with finances. So if I'm using Excel and I want to find out how to use a particular function, YouTube, watch a video. Someone shows me. Five minutes later, I know exactly what to do because they've shown me step by step and and I'm good to go just by obtaining that education that I needed on the tunnel banner. Five, six minute videos at a time. Watch two or three of those. Get a couple of few different tips and off I went. Um, And as you say, it's the whole mentoring thing. When I hire people, I don't hire them based on their CV. I don't care about their CV at all. The skills that are important to me is, number one, can they get on with people? Are they going to contribute to the team in a, in a positive and constructive way where people actually like them and want to deal with them both internally, w- within the team and externally with customers and clients?
1: The emotional uh, quality, yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the second thing then is ability to learn. Because if your thing is something which is really topical today and it's great and there's high demand for it, it's not necessarily going to be in high demand tomorrow. So can you learn the skill for tomorrow as well? Like, are you adaptable? Or are you so str- string, you know, stringent and stuck in your box of what you learned in the past? So like my background in finance and accounting, a lot of that stuff now can be digitized and done with AI and different things based on algorithms put in. And I believe the same will be done with coding in a few years. So I'm, I'm, I would say to people who are looking to what to do, what to do when they leave school, what to study. I would say go back to basics mathematics because everything comes back to maths look at sciences because it all comes back to sciences and most importantly communication pick two things that you enjoy doing and try and see if you can create a niche out of them and become and have a career so so the things that I looked at a few years ago was I wanted to become a better communicator I wrote books I started giving talks I've been invited to give TED talks and i've talked on many different subject matters around the world and i've been i've talked for national geographic in london i've talked for microsoft i've done loads and it was it wasn't that i know more about microsoft than microsoft Mm. but i have a a voice which has an opinion on how microsoft can work in photography with their photos for example and their because i was i knew that because i was the guy backpacking around the world and doing that for example So I can only talk about what I know in relation to a subject and my opinion on it, and then I have to get that across succinctly to the people in the audience.
1: And seeing how brands, I don't know if this is connected, but it it leads me to think about how brands are looking for these voices individual voices and to to personify their brand and brand yeah. Name.
0: yeah yeah and that's one way to look at it you can you can you can build up your reputation by leveraging the back of another brand yeah. like I did with Nokia and Microsoft <laughs> Johanna Johanna Yeah so I wrote I wrote three books and my books were what I have just told you is the introduction to one of the books Um, because people are always asking me how do you live this great life like you must you must have rich parents or you must have won the lottery people thought wow you're living this dream I'm like so far from that like literally the opposite so instead of me always telling people I decided that what I would do is write the book down I would tell them this is my story this is the warts and all version I'm far from rich, you know, I'm, I'm from, I'm from the, the basement of Europe, if anything. Um, my parents worked hard, they, they, they encouraged me and they tried to help me, you know, along the path, but they, could, they didn't do that path themselves, so they couldn't really point me and go, do this. Yeah. They didn't know. So I was very much blindfolded doing it. So I was doing the PR for my third book. Uh, for Christmas, um, I had just finished it and wherever I travelled in the world and people reached out to me, they'd I was in their town, they'd say, do you want to meet up for tea or do you want, you know, whatever. And I was always open to meeting people. So I was in Stockholm, I was in Vesteros, and a couple of Swedish guys seen that I was in Sweden, they said, would you mind coming to Mood and to meet us um, for a fika just here in Stockholm? And I said, absolutely, because I'd seen them commenting on different photos and things over the years. So I came over here and those guys says, you know, we've, we've, we've loved what you've been doing, going back to nothing but a Nokia. You've built a great community. Mm. You have a lot of followers. Would you be willing to replicate what you did within a company who we're working with, Microsoft? And they says, we'd love you to be the chief community and content officer here in Sweden. And I had been traveling at the stage for seven years and I felt, yeah, this is, this is the time to go back to work and all these other things. So um, I said, absolutely, let's do it. Um, so that's what brought me to Sweden. It wasn't actually my wife; she brought, she had, the, she gave me the connection All to Sweden. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the guys who asked me to come, and she was happy living in Dublin at that time. And um, so, so, so that's how we came to Sweden. And as as a result of that, I've been here ever since. How long is that? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah.
1: So what
0: does she do? It- so my wife sort of followed my path and she went on to become an accountant after I met her. She yeah. was just a 20-year-old backpacker in yeah. Sydney at the time. So she went back to university. She moved to Dublin and did her ACCA exam. So she's now a CFO for an AI company called Now Interact. Um, and she's just on the same street here as All where right. we're sitting, yeah. <laughs> so she, I mean, we love Stockholm, we love the energy of it. I've been to about 130 countries around the world. Multiply that by 10 for cities. And I have to be honest with you, I think Stockholm is the most beautiful summer city in the world. I mean, it's just fantastic. There's water everywhere, there's greenery, There's it's calm. The people are relaxed, they're smiling. Everywhere you look, there's people sitting on the grass. Looking with music in, or listening to an audiobook, or having a chat over a picnic and a glass of wine, or it—it it, it feels like um, it feels like a freedom during those summer months, and people. Appear as if all the weight of the world has been lifted off their shoulders.
1: I was gonna say that I think that's like the blessing of the seven dark, colder months. <laughs> I, I have a really hard time with the cold, <laughs> darkness, but it's like you get to fall in love with the city every year. Yeah, and how would you compare like the the society wise? <laughs> You've seen <laughs> so many communities and, 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 and tribes, I'm yeah. guessing.
0: How, how is how can you relate to? Uh... Yeah, I, I have to. I have to. I think. I think the Northern European environment, when it comes to people, is quite different. Because I, I'm from Ireland, and people are very open in Ireland. I mean, you couldn't sit down at a bus and read a book without the guy beside you going, "What are you reading?" You know what? Are you, and what's? And then you're in a conversation about the book, and all of a sudden you're at your stop. In Sweden, people do not initiate conversation. But because I'm Irish, I am that guy who will go, what are you reading? And the Swedes are actually very open to conversation and to helping, as, but they will never initiate. So the people are quite warm and they're, and, and they're quite open, but they, they're quite restrained and a little bit, I don't know if it's shy, but they, it's just not in their nature yeah. to start the conversation. But I, and the other thing I have to say to you is people say it's hard to make friends in Sweden, and I have not found that at all. You will only get out of Stockholm what you put in. If you want to come to Stockholm and think that people are this and people are that, that's exactly what you will get. They will. I believe it's the same with the world in general, with humanity in general. I think people always prove you right. If you if you treat people bad, yeah. they will they will be like, yeah yeah, this guy's an idiot, and they'll treat you bad back. But if you treat people with respect and expect them to be nice and expect them to be good, they will prove you right. They will be nice. They will be good. They will open up. Don't, don't be a victim, because when you, when you become a victim, you give away your power. And this world is all about letting people say, per me, like, I'm, I, 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 these people wronged me because of these reasons, because I'm a man, because I'm a woman, because I'm an immigrant. No, forget about group identities. Just go into yourself and say, what can I do to contribute? And if you start to give, you'll actually start to see people rowing in behind you and helping you and pushing you up. It's a well put. Really.
1: So I want to move into um, my recurrent questions. How much time do you spend on self-education?
0: Um, a lot of my free time, I habitually goes into it. But, I, but just so that I don't sound... Uh, I want to make self-education accessible to people so I can tell them what I do. So I actually wake up quite early in the morning, and I do five things every morning. Um, the first thing I do is I, I, I stretch. I do yoga. I wake up my body. I get my body awake. Mm-hmm. The second thing I do is I meditate, and that's to wake up my mind. I mean, a meditation can just mean listening to your breath mm-hmm. for four breaths, which is literally four seconds or eight seconds or whatever it takes you long to breathe. So I can usually do about a 12-minute a meditation in the morning. If I'm running late or if I've got other stuff on, I can do three minutes. Other mm. times I can do 30 seconds. Yeah. It's just for me to settle my mind.
1: You so, try. your aim for about 12. Yeah, yeah. My absolutely. aim is 10
0: yeah. every morning. And, and it's, it's not as if you have to float or have your knees crossed or you know have flowers and music all around you. I can do it on the tonabana. Yeah. Just close my eyes or, or you know just try keep that. even my eyes open but just not take any, anything else and listen to my breath coming through my nose. That's meditation. It's about si- silence in the mind. And I might, you might get that for five seconds. Just bring it back. And it drifts away. Bring it back. and by, It's like the gym. Just by lifting that muscle back up and lifting that weight, that's where the strength comes from. So uh, in the morning, I stretch and I meditate. And then what I do is I sit down with a book and I read one chapter. So at the moment, I'm reading uh, Tribe of Mentors. Oh, you are. I am indeed, by uh, Tim Ferriss. And it, it, the reason it works for me in the morning is because it's, it's, a, it's a snapshot of a really successful person's behind-the-scene look in one or two pages. So it's perfect for the morning. You can read this one or two lines from one person. And you're like, wow. And it actually always brings humanity back because you always see these people held up there as, you know, Tony Robbins or whoever the person is. You think, how did they get there? No, they bring it back to basics every day. Like I'm telling you, they do these three or four things each day, which has hit, enabled them to grow. So that's three of the things I do Yeah. The other thing I do is I write something down After reading I will do some writing I'll either write a few lines in my book Or I'll journal or I'll write goals But I'll write something in the morning Very
1: good, writing is something that I realise How important it, it is Because you can spend your whole day With a lot of smart thoughts mm. Or even if they're not smart But when you have to put it down Something happens like in the connection And the the idea formulates in another way Spot on
0: and as an Irish man living in Sweden, yeah. the fifth thing I do in the morning, I'm Swedish. Mm, yeah. So how's yeah, that
1: going?
0: By uh, the way, actually, weirdly enough, I can talk, and s- more than I can understand, <laughs> because I, I work in the tech industry now, yeah. and I never hear people speaking Swedish. Because so it's so national uh, absolutely. Yeah. So everyone speaks in English, and weirdly enough, to my detriment. Everything is done in English, so I, I, because I don't own a TV, I don't get much Swedish given to me in sentence form, but I actually have a lot of the words in me, so I can talk I can talk at you for quite a long time in Swedish, and I can find a lot of the words just coming, like, where did I get that from? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the vocabulary is in me, because I learn every single morning, um, and I'm disciplined about it. So so that's the five things I do. So I, I take that time in the morning and that might, it might sound like a lot, but I can probably get, and if I'm in a rush, I could probably get all that done in 10 to 15 minutes. I would like to take 30 and, a, and then a Sunday and Saturday if I'm chilling, I could take an hour to really give a good yoga session, you know, really stretch out more, really do more sit-ups. Um, and if people are ever struggling to do it, I always say just do one. And when you do one, You'll probably end up you're doing the, ten anyway. You because de- you're there. Yes. You know? <laughs> you're done. You're
1: done.
0: <laughs> Not getting back up until the so so that's so that's from an education perspective. I build that in. I build that into my morning.
1: And I like how you do it. Uh, all, do you do it all in the morning?
0: No. So that's that's without doubt. That's get, those are those things are getting done. Yes. That's and I and I measure it and I control it. But throughout the day, then I, I would listen to podcasts. Yeah. I would I would if I'm working on my own, I have no meetings, I'd put a podcast in from any random subject matter and just have it playing in the background on my headphones as I'm working on whatever it is. Um I also can go to the Discover section of Instagram or Twitter even and start going through like some aspirational things like uh spiritualism and get all these amazing quotes. And it's just, just by reading two or three of those, you know, when when I'm waiting for my my lunch or something, boom, some of those things are just so, they they just condense everything until you're like, wow, that's what I was trying to say, but couldn't put it into those words. So that's all, all those tidbits and those drip, drip, drips of education, just when I'm waiting. I don't really go, I don't really stalk people on these social media sites, um, I use them more for information. So I go to Twitter and see that as the news. I can read an article from that. So it's, it's always, I love information and I love turning information into wisdom.
1: I um, really try to to um, form my social media uh, channels in the same way. So it becomes a source, because it's a source of information. The question is if it's valuable information or if it's just time consuming. That leads me into the next question i don't know if you already answered it uh, which is what is your favorite source of information
0: so so as i was saying to you earlier i don't have a tv so uh, if you think about time we have eight hours of sleep we have eight hours of work yeah and then we have eight hours left and people always say they have no time i'm like what so what I what I like to do is I, I like documentaries. I, I like to listen to podcasts, but I also love to read. Um, I love to read blogs. I love to read whatever it is. And this is why I love hashtags. If I'm on the bus and I want to say, ah, Bitcoin, hashtag Bitcoin, you're going to end up with people that you never knew existed posting about one thing, and that can lead you to an article about Bitcoin, which is awesome.
1: And... What is your best hack for learning? Have we touched
0: that? I think the best hack for learning is, number one, get up 30 minutes earlier yeah. and be consistent. If, I, think, I think before the world interferes with your day, if you get up and you have two, three, four, five things you want to do each morning, such as stretching, such as reading a chapter, and, and if you do that consistently, then, then it multiplies. There's a multiplying factor that comes with it. And, and try and do it before the world interferes because you'll have, if you do it at lunchtime, there's always going to be a plan or there's going to be, a night time, okay, there's a football match. There's always something, but morning time is yours. Um, and 30 minutes, getting up 30 minutes earlier feels great as well. You know, the, the world is quiet and silent and the birds are chirping and it feels right for me at least.
1: When you're up, when you're finally up, it feels exactly. amazing. Exactly. And I like the part of you. Being in control of your morning, because it's so easy waking up and just picking up the phone, and you've lost all control. It's just in, in input, 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 and that affects your output. Yeah. What if you only affect your output from the start of the day? Great answer. Um, moving on... Um actually already know the answer to this question. If you were to write a book that would be read by all young adults in the world, what would be the title and subtitle
0: of this book? I think if it's to be read by young people and people who want to develop themselves, I would say read my book. It's called The Backpacker Who Sold His Supercar. Um, And the subtitle is, it's about about the journey, the journey towards obtaining your dream life. So I see life as a road and 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 the journey that we go down some days it's raining on along the road some days there's potholes and it's mucky and other days the sun's shining and you're looking over a big lake at the side as you're going and it's great um, but every single day there's turn offs we can take you can turn off and jump off and say I need to get a break from life so I'm going to chill out and stop here or you can go on the motorway and go faster and really work harder and make things go so I wrote the book specifically for that answer, for that question you' have just given me, what what young people can do to get on get on track and get some help um, And I hope people read it because it was done for exactly that reason i want I, I come from a, 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 an underprivileged background, and I was a boy with a dream who wanted more, like most people, and a lot of I get a lot of great emails each month from people around the world who've written my book or so have read my book and got an inspiration from it and given them a, 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 a path. I, I don't know if you understand the analogy of having a, a magnifying glass in the sun. If you hold it still and keep it focused on one point, it can set, it can create a fire, yes. create energy behind it. If you move it around and you're always changing it and mixing up your dreams, and, or don't even have a dream and don't have a magn- you're, you're it'll never, ever happen. But focus is awesome. And use your magnifying glass to focus in on the thing you want. And like have holding up the sun, it'll create a lot of energy, enough energy that you can set the world on fire.
1: I love that you actually, you've already um, written yeah. the book that, <laughs> that I'm asking about. That's amazing. In the last five years,
0: what new belief, behavior or habit has most improved your life? The thing that really pulls everything together for me is, is the measurement. So each morning when I get up, I, I again, I'm not a robot. So I write down okay, I write down the three things so it's W R E M S write, read, exercise, meditate, Swedish. And if once I've done the whole five, I draw a line. But if I've only done four, let's say my phone was dead or something, and I don't get to learn Swedish on the app, I write, I just write down the four letters I did. So at the end of the month, I will go right okay, um, I did 24 days of Swedish, uh, I did. 12 days of writing, because I was just, you know, whatever. And this is the thing when you're listening to people like me and people on podcasts. they're not We're not robots. We don't get it right every single day either. We try our best, and I try and put in as many tools that keeps me on the line. But there's days when I'm out late because I was at a party last night and I'm like, to my wife, we're sleeping in. But and, and just to do something is good. But I, what I try and do is if you don't measure it, you can't control it. So when I get to the end of the month, I can see, I really screwed up this month when I came to um, meditating. I only meditated twelve days out of thirty-one. I need to raise that up. And the thing is, you you always think that you're doing it, because but then all of a sudden you're when you start looking back, you're like, "Wow, well, I'm really I'm letting that slip. And why am I letting that slip? What's so important in the mornings that I can't just take six minutes or three minutes and or do the? For example, the one that really struggles that I struggle with the most is actually the writing one because it's easy, I like the reading, I like the Swedish, I like to meditate, it's all built in so strong but to lift up that thing in the morning, a pen and paper and go right okay, let's do a journal or sometimes what I'd write down is gratitude I'm grateful for these things, yeah. I'm grateful for the fact that I've got a wardrobe with clothes in it, I'm grateful for the, the fact I've got a car outside, I've got access to a tunnel banner card where I can go to work I look at the very basic things mm-hmm. and show gratitude for them and um I've got a uh, the thing I'm so grateful for I have an access to the Stockholm City Bikes that's how I get to work all the time now I just take I the, use the City Bikes I am so grateful for that
1: I I bought a bike
0: this year yeah it's fancy
1: amazing <laughs> I've done it every day yeah it's the best way to start yeah it's
0: awesome a half uh, an hour sweating sweating come <laughs> yeah. in like especially this morning yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's my thing the best life hack is record it if you don't if you don't measure it you can't control it and
1: it's so easy to trick yourself into thinking yeah I'm doing doing it, I'm going. But if you have the data, basically, I miss yeah. these days. And not,
0: I'm guessing you're not too hard on yourself. It's just an opportunity for you to do better. You, you can't be, you can't be t- the thing is, people, the best people out there miss this. And we must not forget that. Like, let's try and do it every single day. Let's try and be the best we can every day. But you know what? It's not going to happen. No. You know, And, and don't, be too, don't beat yourself up when it doesn't happen. We will feel We will not get the job we want. We will not get the results we want. But don't be the victim. Just say, okay, look back. There's my data. I missed these days. Be honest. I'm not as happy as I was this time last year. Why? Well, I'm hardly ever meditating in the mornings anymore. Okay, let's get back into the basics. Put those foundations in place and move on from there and try and get back to being happier or smarter or better at my job or better at my studies. So,
1: when. When you feel overwhelmed and unfocused, like we're talking about, um, or have yeah lost focus temporarily, um, what do you do? What's your
0: so there's, I've, there's I look at this in two ways. Yeah. The first way is simply short term over you no, know, being overwhelmed, short term. So I do this thing where I never eat in the place where I work or study. I will always get out of the building at lunchtime, rain, hail, snow. I will get out and I'll walk to a restaurant or I'll walk to a store and buy something or, or walk to the park and eat my food box. But I always, and, and even if, if, if it's so bad, the weather, that I don't want to be outside, I'll put my coat on, I'll walk around the block once. And what that does is it breaks the day up. It breaks into two halves as opposed to one. And it, and it gives me perspective away from the desk or the meetings or whatever that I'm in. Um, so that's the short term thing. Always change the environment at least once a day, whether that's walking or doing whatever at lunchtime. Second is the long term. I mean, I'm I'm working every day and I can feel this pressure building and building and building. And I think the only thing you can do is listen to your body. Ultimately, my body is screaming at me for a rest. My brain is pumping. So what I try and do is change the environment. Um, And again, you can go on holidays, you can have a weekend away, but the thing that works for me, which I'm doing this weekend, is get the tent, get the sleeping bag. And go camping for a weekend or for a night, and just get back to the nature, and just get away from the phones and get away from the environment. I think changing your environment is almost as powerful as as going away on a big holiday for two weeks or yeah. something. I think sometimes you can go back on a holiday even more tired. So just by going away and doing something calm and easy, not an hour away, you know, jump jump in a tunnel banner or go to the camping site or just pull up and and do something like that. Just by getting away from my apartment, my job, my life, my, my daily routine and doing something else can really reset my clock. And I can come back to, on a Monday then or a Sunday night and go, all right, let's go again.
1: Uh, going back to meditation, which is, I love that you're, you're so pro that. It feels like that helps me um, realize uh, or, or easier listen to my body. Yeah. It helps me get more in tune because yeah. you have that moment where you... We yeah. listen, um, is this a thought, is this a feeling? So that really helps me in identifying. I haven't been as good at, at that before. Identifying when it's
0: too much or when I'm getting overwhelmed. Exactly. It, it, it shows you I yeah. feel I'm more in tune to who I am and I yeah. feel as if I'm out. And to help people meditate, there's an app which I think is the best one on the market at the moment, which is free, It's called Oak, A O K. Or sorry, O-A-K. O-A-K, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, oak. So like an oak tree. Yeah. And it's free, and it's there's really good five or ten minute, twenty minute meditations in it. Uh, There's other ones out there which were good a year or two ago, but now they've went to like the in-app purchases and all that. They've got too big.
1: I use Headspace.
0: I I have a subscription. Yeah, I don't. So I'm the head. The subscription for Headspace is great, but. If I'm just saying to people, just to get into it, if you want to start off something free where you don't want to pay or commit yourself too much, Headspace used to be the one I used to recommend. But now, because it's very very much concerned with in app purchases, I would say Oak is a really good starting Thank you for that. App, I, app. I try to
1: recommend uh, an app as yeah. much as possible, and this seems like it might be a better one yeah. to get
0: people started. For free? Because I'm, I'm judging people who read, listen to this could be 15, it could be 55. But I don't, I don't like people to commit financially to things until they realize they're truly in it to it. So, especially when it comes to meditation, because it, it can, it's habitual. Yeah. And this is quite good, this Oak one. And the Headspace is really good too. It's just that it's mostly a, a, a subscription-based you might model. might not
1: one. be judging the app just by the function. You add the price to exactly. it. So, looking forward, what are you eager to learn
0: in the near future? <laughs> Uh, as an Irish boy living in Sweden I want my, the, the most important goal for me is to be fluent in Swedish yeah. I would love all the help in the world with that I would love I think it's a blessing to be able to be bilingual and I'm very honoured to live in a city where nearly every single person is at least bilingual
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's such a beautiful thing that everybody can just switch between languages and I, it's, it's a dream of mine I'm from, I, obviously growing up in an English speaking world People always just switch for me, um, and it doesn't help me. Actually, it, it's, it's a short-term gain yeah. for a long-term pain. I've lived in Sweden three and a half years, and it's it's imperative. I think if you come to the society, you must understand the communication and, and the you know subtle <laughs> the tones. subtle tones. Because when people and, and so I want to do that as a human. I want to be able to contribute as a human in people's own languages. Yeah. Everywhere I go in the world, I know how to say please, thank you, and I love you, um, just because I want to show respect to people. But if we look at it from a business perspective, when people talk to you in their in a, in a language that isn't their mother tongue, they, on average they lose twenty points off their IQ. So if you think about this strategically, people you're talking to people, you could think, oh, geez, he's an idiot." but it's just not that good at your language. Yeah. But he, so you're not seeing the best person that you're, you want to see people at their best so you can see how they, you know, where to where place them from a business perspective. So you're always seeing people... At the lower level. Yeah. And you don't know how low level because they could be super, super high IQ, super included people in that language that they communicate in. And they also have different body you know, tones. And, so the thing is only 7% of communication is verbal. 9'3 is based on tones, body language, all these other things. Yeah. And just by tr- them trying to get into their mind to get the language, out, I don't know if heart, they're not even being true to their body language at all because they're already uncomfortable. So I'm missing out on so much by living in a society where I'm not getting a full communicative inter inter exchange. By the, by the people that I'm that I'm with. but and that's from a business side, I don't that's not, that's, that's one thing. but personally, I want to know my friends better. Connect. you know I want to connect with people better. and for me, it's like opening up a whole new library of yeah. um, just boom and then if I can do that, I'll learn another one or another yeah, one because yeah. language is beautiful.
1: Well, jag kommer börja prata svenska med dig från och med nu. Mycket bra. <laughs> Mycket bra. Now, actually, I will start talking Swedish to you, um, knowing that you really want to learn. Yeah. And thank you so much for uh, participating in this and for your
0: time. Absolutely. Um, I'm honored to be asked to do it. Um, I think you're an awesome, fantastic gentleman. You're, a, you're, a, you're a, a great leader. You conduct yourself magnificently well. And anything I can do to help you along your journey, um, it would be an honor for you to reach out and say, Patrick, I need help with this. Let's grab a fika. Let's grab a cup of tea. Sit down and just chat two brothers. Job Thank done. you
1: very much, Patrick. And I will go back and read your books now. Um, and i hope more people do
0: yeah yeah and again people can reach out to me i'm more than willing to help people follow me get involved and let me help whoever else is listening as well who who my words and my story resonates with so thank you for having me and i really appreciate that